Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast, Episode 7. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be fearful and, and not be sure about how something's going to turn out. But, but use that. Use that to fuel uh, your desire to actually do this um, and, and do this type of work. Because when you do, um, everyone benefits. It's, it's mm-hmm. a win all the way around. As a professional, you grow. As a person, you grow. Others around you can grow from a business standpoint and just even people you photograph. You know, their, their life is going to be enriched by the things you create. So don't let that fear stop you from doing that. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Leon McDonald with Janelle Lee Photography, and I have to say he's just one of the coolest guys with the best energy, and I adored interviewing him. So Leon started as a hobbyist photographer, and one day he just decided he was going to try to build a business doing what he loves. So he officially opened his studio only two years ago, and he's worked his way up to a really great sales average. And honestly, I know this is only the beginning for Leon. He talks to us about what it's like to be a guy photographing women, and he also gives us so much insight into how he was able to sort of move past the fear that he had when he was first starting out. I have no doubt you're going to want to learn even more about Leon after this interview. Thank you so much for listening today, and please welcome Leon McDonald. Hi, Leon. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you here. I love that you're like a good Midwestern boy. (laughs) I'm (laughs) from Michigan, so we're so close. I'm like, yes, Midwestern. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Cold weather, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, gosh. I know. Love it or hate it. It's so snowy and cold. (laughs) I know. The summers are so beautiful, so I always have to remind myself of that. Exactly. Yeah. So today we're going to talk all about your journey as a photographer and you have a really cool story. But before we get started kind of with all the business stuff, I'd love to hear about like what life was like for you before you were a photographer and what you did for work and just kind of give us an overview of how you found photography. Yeah, that's a good good question. I started off working. I've worked a number of jobs in (laughs) a number of different industries, but Mostly, I work with people with disabilities for, I would say, about maybe six or seven years. Okay. Yeah, that, that was the, the, the job that I did before I found photography. And even before that, actually, I worked as an IT support rep at a company here, local to Cincinnati. And that was my first introduction to photography, working at that company. A lot of the creative people worked closely with other photographers and printers. And so that whole creative world was right. uh, open to me. So that, that kind of piqued my interest, I, I suppose, being a photographer professionally. Very cool. So you worked in IT, you got interested in photography. And at what point did you like buy a camera and decide you were going to start shooting? And you know, how did that look for you? 
Yeah, I would say that would be somewhere around 2006 um, is when I purchased my first camera. And when I did, it was basically a Nikon D3100. I know all the Nikon folks are like, yay. But uh, at that time, it was, it was the, <laughs> the, only, the only camera I was exposed to. It was like a D90, I think. And it was a great camera. So I saw a lot of the commercial work that was being produced with it at that time. And I'm like, these images are beautiful. So um, mm-hmm. I became a Nikon, a Nikon person first. So that was around 2000, um, I guess it was 2006 or so. And uh, so, yeah, that was my first camera. I was a Nikon D3, as kit lens, you know. Yeah. Very, very simple setup. <laughs> yeah. So you started shooting with that. And, and at this time, you were still working for your IT job, right? Still working. Yep. Still working. So just just kind of a, um, a hobbyist, a weekend warrior, um, not really taking it too seriously. And I think that at that particular time, I was mainly uh, just wanting to do it for fun because I was afraid that, you know, doing it as, as a job would take the fun out of it. That was my concern. Ah, right. So, so I just, you yeah. know, I wanted to just shoot things that, you know, that interested me at the time, you know, nature, you know, an occasional portrait. I've always been drawn to people. So um, as far as becoming a portrait photographer, that was natural. But at the time, I'm like, well, I'll just you know, shoot nature first and, and, and see where that takes me. Okay. Wow. Cool. Do you still shoot nature stuff? I don't actually, unless there's a person no. in the scene. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I'm the same. Yeah. Okay, so you were doing your IT job, and then you said you work with people who have disabilities. At what point did yes. that come in? Yes, so that was about, I would say, maybe three years, well, about two years after I stopped working uh, at the other company. So a friend of mine uh, did that type of work, and um, he introduced me to my very first client. Um, great person, great person, and uh, we had some some really good experiences, and, and it actually opened me up to a whole uh, a world that I didn't really... I didn't know much about. Uh, so just mm-hmm. working with people with disabilities has, has actually enriched my life um, in mm-hmm. a number of ways. And I, it, it's something that's still close to my heart. I actually still work with a few individuals to this day. Um, we have a great relationship. And I, I, it's not something I do, obviously, full time because I'm working as a, a portrait photographer full time. But but uh, it's something that I've, I've made great friendships um, just from my exposure to um, a number of those families. So that was great for me. Yeah, for sure. It seems like you're the kind of guy who just, like, people like, you know, like, you just seem like, like a guy who makes so. connections easily. <laughs> <I hope> so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, that's how I learned of you was through our Facebook community. You're just such a yeah. positive, nice, likable guy. You know, you're just oh, always contributing you. and your work on top of your work being so beautiful. And that's one of the reasons I really wanted oh, to have thanks. you on is just like your positive contributions to our group. I just, you know, and the fact that you're Midwestern, Ohio. Uh, right, boy, that's right. You know what I mean. <laughs> that doesn't hurt, um, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I appreciate that, yeah. Yeah, that's something that I really liked about you, just kind of getting to know you through, you know, online, through the Facebook group. So yeah, so I'm not surprised that you were able to make some good connections with people who have disabilities and, and you know, in their families. But later on, I, I want to talk about how that serves you with your business as well, how being able to make connections with people serves you. But before we get to that, though, so... At what point did you, you know, start charging or did you do this photography for free for a while? When did you start photographing people? Like, how did that happen? Well, it started off um, as it starts off for many photographers with with weddings. I started to Mm, photograph mm -hmm. weddings first and I did start off, um, I would say free. Yeah, I, I basically was trying to build a portfolio. So I would offer to photograph people's weddings for free and to build a presence and so that people would know I existed. I also worked as a second shooter 
for a friend of mine, him and his wife owned a photography business, or they still do actually, and, and they photograph weddings. So he encouraged me. He was actually very instrumental in kind of giving me the boost to say, hey, you can do this, right? You can do this for work. Yeah. And hey, we're still having fun. It doesn't have to take the fun out of it. Uh, you can still enjoy your work and still get paid. So I decided to go ahead and, and give it a try. So when I did it, there was ups and downs, of course. Uh, there are some things I kind of had to figure out as I, as I went along. Um, there are some things I'm still figuring out, of course. But <laughs> <laughs> You um, and me both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a learning experience. It's, that's, that's never going to stop. But, mm-hmm. So that, that's how it started. I started off yeah, with weddings, and, and eventually I knew that I wanted to be a portrait photographer full time. So I didn't stay. I didn't photograph weddings for very, very long, a few years. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of a long time for, you know, if you don't like it to do it for a couple of years. I mean, it's probably a great experience, you know, overall. Yes, definitely. I mean, honestly, even even while I was photographing the weddings, it helped me to really appreciate that I needed to be a portrait photographer because I was drawn to the part of the wedding day that you only get a couple of minutes to actually photograph, you know, and and that's, you know, the, the, the bride and groom being together, those portraits. That's what I was drawn to. Um, some mm-hmm. of the photojournalistic moments, of course, I enjoyed those too, but mainly it was just the portraits. So if you yeah. have 10 minutes to shoot them before you have to hurry off to the reception hall, it's not a lot of fun in that. So um, that that kind of gave me the push to say, hey, you need to focus on doing what you really enjoy. Yeah. So how did you make the switch into shooting portraits? Like what came next? Well, that started with, with Sue. It started with Sue Bryce. Mm-hmm. As I started to, to watch some of her workshops, I was just completely enamored um, with her her style with her presence just uh, as a businesswoman as a as a person and her work just it just blew me away everyone that knows her and that knows her work I'm pretty sure probably has felt the same way so yeah it's it just, very it, common it, it, it for people to say in. that <laughs> yeah yeah okay so you learn about Sue and then what what happens next so after I learned about Sue I learned and I learned more and I, I took in as much information as I could. What's the name of the course? Was it not, not 90 days? Is it how many oh, days? Oh, 28 days. 28 days. Yeah, 28 yeah, days. Yeah. So I went through that and um, I learned a lot. I started to apply some of the things, not from a business standpoint, but more so just uh, creatively, just creating, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to shoot in natural light. I started off here at home, found my way towards the window, just trying to capture that and harness that natural light using V-flash to bounce light back. All of that, I went through that process. And, and in my mind, I'm just trying to perfect my approach, right? So I'm not thinking business. I'm just thinking, hey, I have to be able to take beautiful photographs first. So I wanted to make sure I was my very best before I struck out and, and started to, to actually charge and, and become a, a portrait photographer. So I did that. So I learned and learned and, and I didn't really do very much with the information. So I, regrettably, because I wish I had started sooner, <laughs> but I think it helped me. It, it did help me for a period of time to kind of hone my skills and yeah. really kind of narrow down my style. Yeah. So you were just bringing people that into your house to shoot and build your portfolio that way? Yes. Now, people yeah. that I knew. Now, my wife, she didn't want me to bring any strangers into the house. So <laughs> I respected that. <laughs> But yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I did. I never actually ran the business from my home. I mainly, I guess, I was just portfolio building from home. Okay. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I started off. And at that time, where you, well, okay, wait, let's fast forward because you said that for a while, while you're honing your skills, you just kind of did it for free to build your portfolio. And then at what point did you start charging? 
Well, um, I actually started charging right when I moved into my studio for portraits. Now, I would, again, still shoot like families at the park and things like that. Mm-hmm. But at that point, the business model hadn't shifted. I was still kind of uh, shooting burning, which is you know what we call it in the industry. I wasn't really charging very much for my work, but still gaining experience, still trying to figure things out. But when I moved into my studio about two years ago, that's when I started to shift to Sue's pricing model and, and her business model in general full time. So that was the jump for me. Yeah. I mean, it becomes real when you have rent to pay on a studio. Like, Absolutely. I think, I think, yeah, I think that's sometimes when people kind of get nervous to have to pay that rent. But I think it really, it gives us the fire that we need and the understanding that we need that if we keep charging pennies or next to nothing, we're just not going to make it. Absolutely not. It's, it's, it's just not sustainable. I mean, I think that if you're, if you're in business and Sue, you know, talks about your big boy pants all the time, you put those on <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah. do, you know, basically get out there and, and, and be a business. And, and there is some people, businesses have been doing this for hundreds of years. It's, it's nothing new, but for whatever reason in this industry, there's, there seems to be this idea that, that it's not a real job. You know, some people think that. Not all people think that, but some people think that. It's right, like, oh, right. Well, yeah. You love taking pictures, and, and surely you just love whipping your camera out and taking pictures of everyone. Right. Like, yeah, I kind of <laughs> right. do, but I want to get paid for that too. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's our time. So, it's our time away from our family. Heck yeah. That's right. That's okay, right. Okay. So then you you just raised your prices, and was that easy for you to do? It was not easy. It was not easy. <laughs> just like many other people, I had to do the value work first, and I honestly, in retrospect, that was really the thing that that Sue helped me with the most, I think, was the value work. Mm. Because mm-hmm. again, when you think about people in general kind of viewing photography as one of those professions that, well, everyone's doing it, you know, I'm thinking, well, how can I go out here and charge this amount of money for something that most people don't seem to value? So once she helped me to be able to look within myself and find value there first, that helped me to be able to take that step in raising the prices. But it wasn't easy. It, it took me some time to get to a point to where I really value the work that I do. So, and I, I owe that to Sue. Yeah, wow. That's so great. It is, so much of it is value. You know, it's, um, of course it's scary to jump up a significant amount in pricing, but again, it's, it is. If we don't believe it and we don't believe that it's, it's worth it, then no one else is going to. It really does start with us. Absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, you learn yeah. it from a lot of the, the larger brands, right? I mean, you see it happening all around us. And I always tell people, you know, I, I use a comparison for Apple because Apple, you know, their prices, they rarely have sales. So if ever, mm, mm-hmm. if, if I mm-hmm. walk into the Apple store and say, look, I know it costs you about 30 bucks to make that iPhone. You can sell it to me for $150. You still make money, <laughs> right? Right, right. <laughs> you still totally. make money. It's like, it's, yeah, such it's a like good point. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good point. It's such a yeah. good point. Okay, so do you mind if I ask what your sales average is now? Sure, sure. It's twelve hundred right now. So that's so awesome. Obviously, I would like for it to be higher, but that's, but, that's where I mean, it's at going now. <laughs> from it's a great average. You said you were a hobbyist way back when, and did you ever think that you would be charging, you know, making twelve hundred dollars per photo shoot? Definitely not. I mean, $1,200 for a wedding, maybe, which obviously we know is nothing for a wedding. <laughs> but Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, for, I used to charge me, less than that. So yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm oh, like, man. man. So no, not in a million years would I ever would have thought that, that I would be earning this type of money as a portrait photographer. It, really, when I think about it, though, 
obviously it, it's it's definitely worth it because you mm-hmm. know look at what we're doing look at what we're doing mm-hmm. if, if anything was worth it it would be this and that's mm-hmm. how i feel now i noticed on your facebook page i don't know when it was not too long ago you posted these really beautiful photos of a couple i don't know if it's a husband or wife or but it just made me stop and it it was one of like what do they could say like a scroll stopper where i oh. stopped and i was like wow these are just beautiful photos oh, so clearly you. you have been putting in the work and the time not only with the value but just with creating your photos i mean you're posing and lighting and it's i just think your your work is really really beautiful so oh well, um, thank you i can see why you have a you know a great average and i can see it going up too i mean I, it, you've only been really with your studio for two years is that exactly. right exactly exactly yeah, just two yeah years. so you're definitely trucking along but let's Let's go back though, because I'm I'm sure people are going to wonder how did you get to this point? Like, you know, did you how did you get all these people in your door, and how did you market to them, and what did that look like? That's an excellent question. So, starting off, um, it, most people start off with friends and family. That's that's who's around you, and that's what I did. Yeah. I, you know, I found um, people that. You know, I just, hey, you, I need you to come so I can take a picture of you, right? <laughs> so people, <laughs> some people will come willingly. Some people I would have to force them to come, you know, but um, I, that, that's how it starts. You know, family first, you know, my wife is is absolutely tired of having her picture taken by me, but <laughs> I still I still make her do it sometimes because I, I just need to have someone in front of the camera. Sometimes you get that itch. You know what I'm talking about. You just have to shoot someone, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yep. so fortunately, she's still accommodating. But yeah, it, that, that's how it starts. Friends, family. And then from there, um, I started to, to, to network reluctantly. OK, reluctantly. I did not want to get <laughs> out there and get myself in front of people like many photographers. We were creative people. We spent a lot of time behind the computer just creating, mm-hmm. you know, creating all this beautiful work and, and to get out there in front of people and say, hey, this is what, what I do. And this is what I love is very, very tough. So, but, but I started to do that. And when I did, I kicked myself for waiting as long as I did to do it because it, it absolutely transformed my business completely. What do you mean by networking? Like, were you going to groups or were you just, you know, going business to business or what, what like form of networking? Yes. Yeah. So in-person networking first. So a friend of mine, a good friend of mine uh, introduced me to a local networking group. And the, the idea was, you know, you show up and, and many people have heard of BNIs um, mm-hmm. and other groups like that where you show up and everyone gives a, their their commercial, if you will. And, yep. uh, you know, you take turns going around the table doing that. And so for me, I'm like, I don't know, man, because I'm not I'm not a, a very um, how do I say I'm, I'm not an extrovert. I'm not an mm-hmm. introvert either. But but to stand up in front of people, that's sometimes difficult for me. So. I put it off for a while. I said, yeah, I'll come. And, and then eventually he's like, look, you have to do this, right? So, <laughs> so finally, I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to come. So I went, fumbled through my 30-second commercial. I, I had like two weeks to plan it. You know, I had it written out what I was going to say and everything and, and try to memorize it. But, you know, I, I don't remember hearing anything come out of my mouth. It was just a bunch, <laughs> of, bunch of gibberish, you know. But, but ultimately, that very first meeting, you know, I met like two people that I felt like were like right directly in my centers of influence. So I, it, it was great. It was great. And that, that started off, it brought me to where I am now, which I've created a, a relatively large business network that I use regularly. I mean, to further my business and I also contribute by helping uh, other people's businesses grow as well. And that's what I, I was wondering about when I was mentioning before how I had a feeling you're good at making connections because 
it sounds like that's, I mean, that was key is building relationships with people. They begin to trust you. You're, you know, doing favors for each other where you're giving them business and they're giving you business. And I just, I, I really hope people understand the importance of that because it, you know, it sounds like for you, that was crucial. Oh, it really was. I mean, and, and again, it's, there's so much, you might have some trepidation in the beginning because you may not, you know, feel that you're a strong speaker. You may not, you may be shy. Um, but the thing about it is mostly everyone else uh, that go to the meetings, they feel the same way. So no one's really judging you or anything like that, especially if you have something valuable to offer. And that's one of the things that I really, really appreciate about Sue and what she's taught is that when you focus on the value and what you're giving and less of yourself and focus less mm-hmm. on yourself, then it takes away some of that nervousness because now you put yourself in a position to be able to help someone else. And then when you have that responsibility, that can help you to get over that fear. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it really does. It's you, focusing on service and focusing on what you're creating for them and the fact that it's an equal exchange. You know, they're exactly. paying me to do this service for them. And it kind of takes that scariness, I think, out of it. That's right. It does. Yeah. So, okay. So you've got the $1,200 average now. What What are you shooting most of? Mostly right now, it's headshots and personal branding. Mm-hmm. And recently, I've been like really putting forth an effort to uh, get more portrait clients into the door. I, I have a fair amount of them, but definitely headshots and personal branding has been the most. And, and that's mainly because I spend a lot of my time on LinkedIn, growing my network there. And there's obviously mm. a need for headshots and personal branding. Mm-hmm. People need that kind of a service. It's like a no-brainer. It's like if I'm online, if I'm marketing, I need to look good while I'm doing that, right? So for me, it just made sense for me to build that part of my business first because I'm by nature, I'm a practical person. So mm-hmm. I'm drawn to the practical things. It's like, I know this is something that people need. Let me start there. And then I can play, right? I can do the, the things that I really, really enjoy. So I'm still doing that. I'm still shooting portraits, but mostly personal branding and headshots. When you say portraits, can you, just for people out there who are wondering what might be, you yeah. know, what's the difference between personal branding and portraits that you're referring to? Sure, sure. Yeah, so so portraits, it, it can be anything from from glamour to, I do families, I photograph families. I don't do newborns, mm-hmm. but couples photography, anything in that realm is, is kind of what um, I mean when I, I say portraits, contemporary portraits, okay. which is what Sue kind of refers to it as, versus personal branding, of course, that, that being more so like business photographs, kind of like lifestyle photographs. That's actually another word that people use for them, like lifestyle photos for your business. So, okay, I'm going to ask you this question. And (laughs) what is it like to be a guy in this sort of photography genre? And and not because I I don't like I doubt your skills as a guy or, you know, whatever. But we get this question Mm -hmm. very often in our Sue Bryce Education Facebook group is like, but I'm a guy. You know, you guys are women and you, you know, you can do it more successfully because you're women. And we're like, no, I promise there are tons of guys out there who are so successful at this. And we have the Men Shooting Glamour course on the Sue Bryce Education website. I mean, we just try to make sure that guys understand it has nothing to do with being a man or a woman. So I'm just really curious what your experience is with that. Yeah, yeah. Great question. Um, I remember having some concerns when I first started off and Mainly, it was concerns about business and not necessarily about how I would be able to connect with or even serve women in this particular genre of photography. I personally I have been raised by a single mom, mm-hmm. so I've always been comfortable around women. I've always championed women because of that. And for me, it's just been a natural thing for me to 
feel comfortable around women. So my clients, as they come in, I always say, if a woman's old enough to be my mother, that's how I view her. I view her as my mother. If a woman is my sister's age, I view her as a sister. And I think that my clients kind of feel that. They feel that when they come in, I don't make them uncomfortable by any means. I'm not you know, shy around them. It's just another person mm -hmm. who I'm mm -hmm. there to, to serve as a business person. So I don't make it weird. There's never been any weird energy or anything like that in my studio. People are comfortable with me. And one of the things I can say, if there are some guys that are, then maybe that's not how, how they were raised. They, they, they aren't used to being around women in that way. Uh, Sue talks about speaking woman, right? So in marketing mm -hmm. and, and, and other things. So if you truly feel for a person or if you're empathetic towards them and you can understand like women, obviously as women, there's certain things that women can identify with that where guys can't. If you understand that, that can kind of help you to be able to, to make them feel as if you, you really do care. Right. Cause when you, when you think about it, when people come into your studio, they don't having a camera shoved into your face. It's, it's intimidating. It's mm -hmm. like it's a little awkward sometimes, mm -hmm. but if you put them at ease and say, look, Hey, I know, I, I know this is not the, 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 the easiest thing to do, um, but I'm going to make it fun. Uh, we're just going to kind of hang out. And that's how I tell people all the time, hey, in my studio, we just hang out. Uh, and then we just happen to take a couple pictures. You know, that's, that's pretty yeah, much where I, I want the atmosphere that. to be I love that. in my studio. Yeah. You know? What about posing? Is that hard for you? It's hard for me. And I'm <laughs> you like. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> uh. Posing, no, I mean, posing me pose, is a challenge wait, for okay, sure. Wait, I take that back. I can pose <laughs> other people very well. But me right, showing right. them with my own body how to pose is like I'm terrible at. But I can tell them what to do and put them in the pose, you know, whatever. Anyways, I'm just curious as a guy right. if that's how that works for you. Yeah, it's actually really funny. Like my, my wife, she laughs at me all the time because I'm showing. It's easier for me to show mm -hmm. as opposed to tell. So so I will do the poses um, I don't move quite as well as Sue does, obviously, but they get the gist. And <laughs> so it, 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 it actually works pretty well. It works pretty well because I've studied. And that's the thing. I spent so much time before I actually, you know, move into my studio space. I spent so much time learning and watching. I, I can probably quote, you know, in the earlier parts uh, of me you know, starting off, I, I can probably quote the videos in so many of Sue's posing videos and other videos because I watched them so much. Mm -hmm. It was all it was ingrained in me. So now, you know, it, it for posing, it's just easier. Hey, look, you know, place your hands here, you know, touch, slide up, elbow back. I keep saying that over and over again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that. So <laughs> Yeah. That's so awesome. What's your process in general with your clients? Like, do you do a consultation or do you, um, you know, talk to them about what they're going to bring to the shoot and what's your process? Yes, definitely a consultation. If I can have them into the studio for a consultation, I like to do that first. Um, that's always my goal is to get them in so we can speak face to face. If I can't, Zoom or any other type of conferencing software works mm -hmm. just as well. I shouldn't say just as well. I, again, I, I'd rather have them in the studio, but um, Zoom works works fine too. But uh, but yeah, there's a consultation. I basically have gone through pretty much everything that they possibly ask at the consultation, but I keep the last communication open. Obviously they can always email me, call me after that, but I try to cover things such as wardrobe selection. I always encourage my clients to either buy, you know, borrow or rent something because you want to feel nice and you want to feel beautiful, you know, in your photograph. So mm -hmm. invest the time, put the time in, you know, you, this is something that a lot of people either they've never done or it's been several years since they've done it. So if you're going to do that, you know, don't show up in like a t-shirt. Right. Or like that. right. Actually make it something, you know, make it, make it nice. So, 
So I spend a pretty good amount of time on that. Also, when it comes to products, I really want them to understand that, you know, my studio is about printed work. You know, obviously we offer digital images as well, but I really want them to print these images because it's a completely different experience. So they see printed work in my studio. Mm -hmm. Um, I have print enlargements. I have obviously folio boxes that I I offer with prints in them so they can kind of physically touch those and, and interact with them. And that's what I want them to experience. And that's why the consultation always works better if they can actually come in. Okay, so speaking of your studio, you mentioned that you have, you know, prints on the wall and that sort of thing. You're in Cincinnati, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Give us a picture or just describe for our listeners what your studio is like. How big is it? And what do you have in there? And that sort of thing. Okay. It's not very big. The space is about, I would say about 640 square feet or so. Okay. So yeah. It's a good size. It, it's at, it's adequate. It's adequate. You know, I can um, you know, obviously work in, in this space and I can also entertain clients, but it's actually inside of another space. So it's actually a shared working environment. So we have other businesses and a few nonprofits that operate out of the same building. So basically how it's set up is you come inside, there's signs that point you into the direction where my studio is at. You come into another separate door and then you're in my space. So that's how it's set up. Yeah. I'm curious. Is it in like the city proper or is it more of a, you know, suburb? It's more of a suburb. We're about maybe, I would say about 10 minutes um, north of downtown. Okay. Gotcha. So in terms of, I know you said you do the networking and everything, but what other marketing are you doing? Or is that it? How else are you getting people in the door? Um, I do a little Facebook advertising as well as Google, Google ads. Mm. That's kind of new for me. I would say it's about maybe I've been doing it for about three months now on and off. I've been trying to basically teach myself how to do it. So it works really well, again, for headshots and personal branding for portrait shoots. I would say that Facebook is probably better Mm -hmm. uh, for that. And I actually haven't completely figured out Facebook ads. So that's something I'm working on now. but. It really is confusing. And <laughs> it's I think it's, so a, it's confusing. On, oh, my goodness. So I, I'm trying to unravel that. At the same time, I'm trying to stick with what works, too. So at some point in time, I'm probably going to be a little bit more active using Facebook ads. But just even with organic posts, I try to make it a point to reach out to people if they express an interest in, in something that I post, if it's a, you know, a series of photos or, or something like that, or uh, uh, if it's an Instagram post or a Facebook post. I reach out to people that way. And, and honestly, I'm just trying to make like genuine connections mm-hmm. with people. Even if I'm not always trying to sell a person on something, if someone says something, I comment just like a regular person. I'm not saying, hey, come into my studio so I can photograph you. It's just, I want it to be natural and kind of organic. Mm-hmm. I find that when that's the case, people feel more comfortable. They don't feel like they're necessarily being marketed to. Ultimately, obviously my goal is I want to photograph everyone that I come in contact with. But I think that for that that transition to be natural, it just works out better in the long run for everyone. Everyone just feels a lot more comfortable about the shoot and the entire process. Yeah, I think so too. And and But when someone does comment on your work, I mean, it kind of is a buying signal, you know, like they're letting you know, you know, that they might be interested. And so I That's love true. that you don't just let that fall in deaf ears and that you respond. And even if it's not like that you're going to get a booking right now, this person's going to remember that you said something kind in return. And maybe when they are ready for photos, who are they going to think of? They're going to think of you. Exactly. So even exactly. just making that, I think people sometimes get nervous about, well, what do I say? They said they like my photos and I don't know how to respond or should I send them a message? And and like you said, it's like, just, you know, ha- continue the conversation. You know, what would you say if 
in person, someone said, oh my gosh, I love your photos. It's like, oh, exactly. you know, continue, make it as, as more of a conversation. It doesn't need to be like a stressful sales situation, but you could still be selling in a relationship, you know, building type way. It's, that's right. you know, not all shoots are just booked from one interaction with someone. Sometimes it takes that nurturing to like make it happen. Yeah. Exactly right. No. Yeah. I agree hundred percent. I mean, again, I, I try to take, you know, lessons from and, and take pages out of the books of, of the companies that do this very well, you know, such as Apple, I keep going back to them, but mm-hmm. you know, the, these larger companies sell you things without selling you things. Right. Like, so right. It, it's, it's the emotional piece. So, so you see something you're drawn to it immediately you may not even be completely aware as to why you're drawn to that because it's happening on a subconscious level, but it's like, man, I want this product now because mm-hmm. of how they market it to me. So for me, I guess it's, it's less thought out It's more, it's just me being me. Like I I've always been like a people person. So I like to talk to people and, you know, find out what interests them and, and just have good, meaningful conversations with people. So if they see the work for me, it's just a natural progression. It just goes from that to, Hey, this is what I do. I would love to photo. When is the last time you were photographed? Oh, yeah. it's been forever. Okay, well, hey, come on to my studio and see me. You know, <laughs> it's just natural. Yeah, for sure. Now, do you have a session fee, or, or maybe just talk to us about how your pricing is structured and what that looks like? Yeah, so my session fee is one ninety. It covers um, a makeover for up to two people, and so you have your hair and your makeup done. Obviously, for families, if if you know the family doesn't need, uh, or certain family members won't need hair and makeup, we can always just, you know, but the session fee is still in place, even if they don't need that. <laughs> so it. I guess it, yep, it, doesn't, yep, yeah, it covers it. that, but, but that's how it starts. And then from there, I basically use Sue's pricing model, um, the, mm-hmm. the entry level pricing model for her is how I started off. And, and right now I haven't done any price increases since I started that. Mm-hmm. I may do that very soon, but right now it seems to be working pretty well. So I think I'm going to stay there for a little while longer before I make the jump mm-hmm. up to the next tier. And are you doing, so you're doing the packages then? Yes. Yes. Yep, so the, yep. the folio box packages. So yeah, so it's six, I'm doing six, um, 10 and 20 right now. Okay, great. Very cool. And then are you booking consistently? I know you said you're doing a lot of the headshots, but um, you know, how often are you shooting and all that good stuff? Um, right now I'm shooting about twice a week. Um, oh, that's and, great. And, yeah. And that doesn't, co- I mean, that's like personal branding and a few headshots. Actually, it's probably more to like closer to three times a week because I have a couple headshot sessions in there and, and, and those are pretty quick sessions. They don't last very long, but um, mm-hmm. then there's a, a portrait shoot here and there. So yeah, I would say a, about three shoots a week. Yeah, that's awesome. Like you're staying busy. And then do you do all of your retouching and like the business end of it, the you know, all of that? Are you doing all of that yourself or are you doing any sort of outsourcing? I'm doing pretty much everything myself right now. I just started um, outsourcing my retouching. I'm still doing mm. some retouching myself. And uh, I tell you, it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah, I, I don't like yeah. sitting in front of a, a computer. <laughs> I would much rather be out there growing my business and, and shooting, obviously. But yeah, I, I think retouching is something that is better is best outsourced. <laughs> in my opinion. I, I agree, because I don't know about you. But like, for me, I didn't quit my job as a social worker to like sit and stare at a computer screen. And no. some people love it. Like there are some retouchers where that is like their jam. They love it. Yes. And that's their thing. I know for me, that just wasn't and it sounds like it wasn't, you know, the reason that oh. you decided to move into this profession either. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And again, I mean, I think part of it in the beginning, 
as to why I continue to retouch myself was because of it's the control factor, right? Like you, mm-hmm, this is a, mm-hmm. a piece of creative work that you've made and having your hands on that and, and so as to control like every single detail. Eventually, I'm like, look, I, I need to let that go because this is a business after all. I can't afford to sit and retouch an image until it's absolutely perfect for two hours. It just doesn't right. make sense, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, as, as someone said, you know, outsource things that you that you suck at, right? And for me, I can retouch pretty well, but I know there's tons of people out there that can do it way better than I can. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that, and it frees up so much time too. Oh, I mean, it does. the amount of time I would die without my retoucher. I, I, oh I don't, my goodness! I don't know how I would my business would survive if I had to retouch everything. Yeah, just time wise. Definitely. Yeah, and speaking of that, like speaking of leaving your job and all of that, what is what is life like now compared to what it was like when you were working full-time in IT or full-time helping people with disabilities? How is life different? Um, I think it's just different because you're, you're in control. If you fail, you know, it's on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you succeed, mm-hmm. then you're able to experience and appreciate the, the rewards that come with that mm-hmm. because it's your effort. I think on a daily basis, some days... You know, I work 13 hours. You know, some days I may not work at all. So I I have control over that. And and that gives me a tremendous amount of freedom and uh, peace of mind. I honestly, if something happened and I had to go back to work, you know, tomorrow, I would do it gladly. And I would do anything it took for me to take care of my family and provide for them. But if it was my choice, I would never go back to a nine to five ever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I love what I do so much. Uh, it's, It's some days... I have to pinch myself because it doesn't seem like this is real. Like I'm actually doing something that I I enjoy this much um, as a profession. And it's just, it's night and day. It's relief not knowing that or realizing rather that I don't have to worry about layoffs. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Mm -hmm. or being downsized, which, which has happened to me in the past. So it, it's a great feeling being your own boss is a, is a, it's not a fairy tale. It's not, you know, what some people <laughs> might possibly be thinking like, yeah, I can just go on vacation for a month. And, you know, eventually you may get to that point to where you can afford to do that. But in the beginning, it is a lot of grind, man. It's, you're, you're, you're constantly working. Even yeah, when you think true. you want to relax, you just, you have to be on. If you want to be, make it work, you have to be on almost all the time in the beginning. Yeah. I had the same experience too. I think a lot of people probably can share that experience where it is. It takes a lot of work to get things up and running. And, you know, but it's one of those things that if you put the time in, it does get easier. It gets way easier. The referrals start coming in. You don't have to be like hustling as much. It's That's it, right. it just, yeah, it's it, putting in the time at the beginning is a necessity. And also it's like, you just have to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know? That's right. That's right. It's kind of like, I mean, anything, if you think about it, anything that's worth having, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be mm-hmm. difficult. Nothing comes easy. Nothing worth having comes easy. So mm-hmm. in the beginning, I found myself like, man, I'm not sure if I can keep doing this, you know, and, and the money wasn't coming in. It's like, you know, how am I going to continue to make ends meet? Right. So, but eventually, like you said, the fruits of your labor start to pay off all those seeds that you planted networking and talking to people about your business and posting online and all those things start to trickle in and then you realize, yeah, I actually can do this. It's, it's working out. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. And that's not to say that, you know, once you, the referrals start coming that you can stop marketing altogether. I mean, no. I've noticed when I've, when I've pulled back on marketing, sometimes I, it's like once a year, I, I like get cocky or something. I'm like, I don't need to market <laughs> anymore, you know? 
And that I don't realize I'm doing this at the time, but and then I look at my right. calendar and I'm like, huh. And then I have to think, you know, okay, what strategies that I have that I can use for marketing right now? You know, what can I exactly. do now? Whether it, you know, maybe I don't want to spend money on it. Maybe I do. I can kind of like look at where my marketing budget's at and go from there. But but again, putting in that work, especially to build a strong portfolio and to build your website. And I think like with any business, that back end stuff is the stuff that we don't think about. Like, you know, back when you're a hobbyist, it's just all about the shooting. And then when it comes That's to right. the business part, it's like, oh my God, I have to get a license and I have to like <laughs> find an accountant and I have to like these like cookies things on the website that we have to set up. Like it's just yes. all of the things that I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, that I think that's the part that just can be kind of labor intensive at the beginning as well. Absolutely. I mean, it is. I, I wonder with websites, I remember thinking like, I don't know if I need to put as much time into my website. Like I, I know now things have kind of changed and things are more about social media, but I remember getting really hung up on my website. Like, you know, I, and Sue mentioned this, you know, a couple of times, like, Hey, I, you know, we hate our website, you know, and, and then we want to change it to something else. And then we look at it again and we hate it again. And we want to so I got caught in that cycle for a while. And, and I finally, and this again is another lesson that Sue taught me is that, you know, your website is important. Yes. But the most important thing is, is connecting with people, right? Um, mm -hmm. Explaining to people what you do and why you're passionate about it. So I kind of shifted that focus, but you're right. It can be a, a huge time investment in the beginning when you're, when you're wearing all those mm -hmm. hats. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. As far as where you're, I, I know you're kind of like, you know, your your business is still pretty new at two years. I mean, you're still Definitely. you're still growing for sure. So I'm curious where you see yourself going. And we're big on setting goals in like the Sue Bryce community because putting it out there and saying it makes it real. And and I'm just really curious where what your goals are and where you want to go from here. Well, for me, I would say that my goal is to have uh, or hire uh, an associate photographer at some mm -hmm. point in time in the in the mm -hmm. near future. So I'll likely be talking to you about that because I know you're <laughs> you're set Absolutely. up that way now. So. Yeah, maybe but we'll yeah, do an that, episode that, about that for sure. Oh, that's that'll, a good yeah, idea. that'll be cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's that's definitely one of the things I want to do. There's obviously you know some days where you know I I just can't be at the studio. So if we work it out so that my associate photographer can be there when I'm not, then then that that actually seems like something that can work out really well but make money while you sleep exactly exactly that's kind of money definition. to make <laughs> that's right yeah, exactly right <laughs> so yeah no but but that that's the goal and i think that if i can do that then then that'll put me um kind of where i need to be and, and where i want to be and where i can actually continue to work and not be completely exhausted because right now i mean i'm still shooting even though my folio is built and people can see the work that i've that i've created so far that's still growing. Sometimes I still will have people come in and I'll photograph them, you know, two shoots a day. And it, it wears, it wears you. I'm not sure if you've done that. You probably have done more than two a day. I, no, <laughs> I'm not. I, I Doing more than two. You're not that is, person. <laughs> no. There are some people who do these like marathon days where they get like 10 yeah. people in or, or, you know, one of, I know someone who does her shoes left all day, eight hours. The client comes in for wow. breakfast and then they do an outfit or two and then they have lunch and then they, and I'm just like, no, like that's not <laughs> how I roll. Like, nope, 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 nope. That I is would, a long just, day. Yes, burn out. So, okay, <laughs> I, I want to encourage you though because I'm just wondering if maybe this would be a good time to raise your prices. You know, it's so, still sort yeah. of at the beginning of the year. You haven't raised them yet. 
And your work is, yeah. is is so good. I mean, don't get me wrong. A $1,200 oh, average is amazing. And that is right. way above, I think, probably where most photographers, you know, in the world are, for sure. Mm -hmm. But I just want to encourage you to think about that because I think your work is good enough. You've got the reputation now. You know, you've got the website. You've got everything put into place. And and I don't know. I just would, would like to encourage you even to raise it a little bit. Maybe. No, I love it. I love it. I that that's that's exactly why I love this community because we push each other right to grow. So yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That's that's I, hearing that helps me. So so I'm definitely going to think about that and see if I can implement that. So hey, I'm curious what keeps you from raising them. I you know what honestly I'm not, I'm honestly not sure. I think that comfort sometimes we we can get into a, a groove and you kind of just feel like well it, it's working. So I'm not really going to change yeah. anything. But but that's 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 yes. not. Oh, I felt like that before. You know what I mean. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you know, I'm guilty too. Like I have, I didn't raise my prices for like three years. I literally yeah. just raised them this week after okay. three years. Oh, wow. so I'm guilty, Leon. Excellent. Like I'm not trying to say <laughs> that, you know, but no, I'm just saying it, it just seems like you've been going for two years now. You've got, mm -hmm. you know, some steady clientele and. I think that some of it is, is also fear because you feel like, and it's honestly, if you think about it, and it's not much different from the shoot and burn mentality because most people who start off their photography career that way believe that, hey, if I raise my prices, all the people that have booked me, I'm going to lose them, right? So because, yeah, hey, they're paying now, but no one's going to pay that. So right. I, overcoming that that feeling and that thought, which is obviously we know to be untrue, um, is, is the first step. So I think that maybe subconsciously, maybe I'm thinking like, I don't want to raise, I don't want to scare people away. But honestly, I know that it's a numbers game and you have to market. So yeah. I'll likely be taking your advice very soon. <laughs> well, and there are, there are, I'm glad to hear that, but there are ways to raise your prices without completely scaring off your past clientele. And a lot of people have said they've put into this, you know, voucher system into place. If you listen to other episodes, people talk about it a lot. Something that Sue has taught that, you, you know, you can offer your clients when they come back the next year, like, hey, you know, here's my new pricing and here's a gift voucher that kind of softens the blow a little bit. Like, thank you for being a returning right. client. Here's a voucher for $200 towards your shoot, you know, whatever. And some clients are going to come with you and some aren't. And that's okay. You know, it's like exactly. one of those things that, yeah, not everyone's going to love it. But, well, this is the business. It's a business. Bottom right. line. No, you're, you're exactly right. And, that, and that's, I think that that's one of the things about being a creative. To me, one of the most exciting things about being a creative is, is or being a photographer is you can be creative in your marketing efforts, right? Like we create mm -hmm. these beautiful images, which is obviously fantastic, but there's so many different things you can do to market yourself. And it's like my mind sometimes is just completely filled and overflowing with ideas. So, and that's another reason why I would love to hire someone else uh, to come into the studio um, as even if it's part-time, just someone to bounce ideas off of like, look, you know, I, I want to market, you know, in this way, or this is an idea I was thinking about trying to implement, you know, what do you think? And, and can you mm -hmm. actually take this task on? So it's like, there's so many things that I want to do, but this, there's only a limited amount of time, right? We can't do it all. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Well, I just have loved talking with you and we're not quite done yet because oh, I want to ask you this, the questions that I ask every guest, but I just want to say if you're out there in Cincinnati or the surrounding areas, please look up Leon. You, I just really, really love your work and I just want to encourage I love your people work too. out there. Thank I've been you. inspired by your work as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And your, your business name is Janelle Lee. So if people are looking for Leon yes. McDonald, they might not find um, 
your business name is that. So it's Janelle, J-A-N-E-L-L-E-E, photography. So just to throw that out there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So the four questions that I always ask people, number one is what's something you can't live without when you're shooting? Mm, that's kind of a tough one. I there, I would say right now my strobe. Oh, <laughs> because, okay. Cool. Yeah. Because I, I obviously, uh, as a lot of uh, Subies started off, you know, shooting natural light, but I have since, you know, gone to shooting strobe like 98%. Fantastic. Uh, and yeah. And, and I, I can't live without that thing. It's, Very it's, it's cool. My mm-hmm. Very cool. And then, how yeah. do you spend your time when you aren't photographing or working on your business? <laughs> oh, see, I was gonna say, I was gonna say marketing. No, <laughs> <laughs> but no, spending time with my family. I, you know, we we do a lot of um, game nights and and getting together mm. with friends and things like that. So Fun. I do this and this type of work for my family. So when I'm not working, I want to spend my time with my family. Yeah, I love that. I yeah. love that. What's your favorite inspirational quote? That's a tough one. Um, one one that I really love is uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, and uh, mm. she said, "If life were predictable, it would cease to be life and be without mm. flavor." Mm. So I think sometimes we think that you know things. If, if we if we can't figure out things before they happen, it, it's, there's some fear associated with that. But I think that that's part of the the ride, and it's not knowing how things are going to end up. That's part of the excitement. So. I've always been drawn to that that quote for that. I reason. love that. I've never actually heard that quote. I'm so glad you said that one. Yeah, that's really powerful. Yes. Yeah. And what would you say to people who are just getting started? Hmm. Um. I would honestly say that that just drawing from my own experience and realizing how you know some of the changes that I needed to make, um, how how terrifying some of those were, is mm-hmm. is take your take your fear and uh, and harness that. Right, harness mm-hmm. it and use it and transform it and make it into something that's that's actually useful. Um, because fear, all it does is cripple. It cripples us. Um, we talk about analysis paralysis. Sometimes we sit and think about things too much, and then we don't do anything. But I think that it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be fearful and, and not be sure about how something is going to turn out. But but use that. Use that to fuel uh, your desire to actually do this. Um, and, and do this type of work because when you do, um, everyone benefits. It's it's mm-hmm. a win all the way around. As a professional, you grow. As a person, you grow. Others around you can grow from a business standpoint, and just even people you photograph. You know, their their life are, is going to be enriched by the things you create. So don't let that fear stop you from doing that. Oh, I love that. Seriously, I just have loved talking to you so much. I see nothing I but good things too. for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I see nothing but good things in your future. And I'm just oh, really excited you. to watch you grow. You know, thank it's, you. again, still sort of at the beginning of, of your career. You're already doing so well. I just think you're just, I just can't wait to watch you just take off. So I'm very, it's, very it's, proud of you. It's been exciting. Thank you so much, Nikki. Yeah. I really, really appreciate hey, it. Tell people where can we find you? I know I mentioned your business name, but maybe let us know what your Instagram handle is, your Facebook page, your website. Yes, yeah, so it's um, Janelle Lee Photography um, across all platforms. So the website, of course, is Janelle Lee. So J A N E L L E E Photography dot com. So Janelle Lee Photography dot com. Also Facebook Janelle Lee Photos. Actually, that's one that's that's different. So Janelle Lee Photos is how you can find us on Facebook. 
And Instagram is is also Janelle Lee Photography as well. Fantastic. Well, I hope people look. And you I will. Up. I, I would be. Rem, I would be remiss if I didn't put this out there. Look me up on LinkedIn also because I oh, spend a lot yes, of time on yes. LinkedIn. So, and you can find me by my personal name on LinkedIn. It's just Leon McDonald on, on LinkedIn. Okay. Great, great. Well, thank you again so much and stay warm out there. Let's just hope summer Dang, comes soon. I will try. I know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, All right, Nikki. Leon, you take care. All right, you too. Thank you so much for listening today to the Portrait System Podcast. If you like what you heard, we would really love for you to leave us a five-star review either on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And I really, really want to encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com. Over there, you can find all of the education you need to become a successful photographer. It's only $35 and there are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 12-week startup program that I love. And there are posing downloads, lighting downloads. I mean, truly everything to help make you not only a better photographer, but to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.